Let's look at the games. Wednesday, there were 10 on. There's a lot of interesting news items, rotation decisions, big performances. As always, it's the NBA. That's what happens. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd. I just got out of the bath and straight after this, I'm going to go watch Saltburn. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen. I went too early on that. I shouldn't have said that. What I should have said was today's episode was brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NBA and use the code all lowercase LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Now I'll thank you again for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen and first watch every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. You double banging it? Oh, yeah, you should. You watch the video, you listen to the audio, you thumb it up, you leave your comments, you ring the bell, and you subscribe. That's actually a sextuple. Sounds like my weekend. Guys, we're going to talk all about what's going on here around the NBA. We've got stuff to go through. There's 10 of them. I'm not going to muck around with you too much. There are a lot of interesting storylines that we have to cover. Let's just talk about some news things. Mitchell Robinson's disabled player exception was rejected by the NBA. What does it mean? It means that the Knicks put it forward and said, hey, we think Robinson's going to be out until June 15th. And the NBA said, no, he's not. And they went, cool. That's how. That's what it is. This does not mean that Robinson is back in February. I would guess, and I talked about this in one of the earlier shows today, I would guess that the, um, the fact that the Knicks were willing to, to try that suggests that he's not going to be ready anytime soon. The tweets from Woj suggest that he might be expected back in the playoffs at some point. So no, I don't believe that A, Isaiah Hartenstein's in any danger, that B, Mitchell Robinson should be added. Look, if he's in your IR slot and it's not hurting you, by all means. But if it's taking up the IR slot where someone else could be in there, if it costs you fab or it costs you a waiver move to go and add him, I just wouldn't do it. We're not talking about Kevin Durant, Carl Anthony Towns, someone like that. We're talking about a guy who's all right, but he's a back-end player who'll be on limited minutes, who'll have to ramp back up and might not be back probably until the start of April at the earliest, maybe mid-March at the earliest. And fantasy is over then, so don't do anything with it. We saw that Kawhi got a contract extension. I think that's just interesting to note. He took less than the max. I don't know why. No real reason that I could see. Like, okay. Did the Clippers say, you just injured too much, mate. We're not paying you that much. And he went, fine. I don't know. That's probably what happened. $50 million is still a lot per year. It's a lot of money, clearly. And, you know, if I if I could somehow you get up to half of that, I'd be pretty happy. Pretty far away, though. All right. The other one is the interesting thing here in Memphis where Bismack Biombo was waived. So what does it mean? They did this so they could sign Vince Williams and convert him from a two-way. We always knew that there was going to be Vince Williams converted. That is one of the most obvious two-way conversions that was existing in the NBA. So that's happened. Vince is totally fine as a 14-team ad. I think he's all right as a 12. He's not a must, though, in that scenario. Um, This means that the only center currently on the roster, if you don't include Jaron Jackson, is Xavier Tillman. And we've seen the consistency issues with and Taylor Jenkins in the minutes, and now he doesn't have any other options, especially with Aldama and Jackson both dealing with an injury. It's fine to add Tillman as well, but I think they will run Aldama and Jackson together quite a bit. And I think Tillman won't be playing 34 a night or anything like that. He might top out at 25, 26, which is all right. 
It's all right. It's okay to add Xavier Tillman and see what happens. I just don't think he's blowing us away with a high upside. They apparently will be using their open two-way roster spot to sign another center. I don't imagine whoever that center is is going to be someone that comes in and is a huge impact player or anything along those lines, because if they were, they'd probably already be signed. But there might be some deeper league value in whoever that guy is, and we'll assess it when it actually happens. We've got an upside, update on Tari Eason. It wasn't a great one. It's like he's still you know, a bit of time away. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's multiple weeks. I don't think you need to hold on to Tari Eason. As much as I like Tari Eason, he's not a starter. He doesn't have a guaranteed starting role. He doesn't have 30 minutes guaranteed. And... The bloke who's playing now looks pretty bloody good, Cam Whitmore. Dylan Brooks is still a bit of time away as well. Um, We'll talk about Whitmore multiple times on this show, I'm pretty sure. But with Eason, as much as I like what he does, that's not a reason to hold outside of open IL slots. Would I prefer to hold Tari Eason than Mitchell Robertson? Yeah, very obviously. But again, this is one of those ones where I, I don't know that it's a hold with not a great time frame there. I don't know why I put Isaac Okora on the bottom of that list. That's, I just maybe wanted to say his name. The important news there is Luka Doncic is out tomorrow. We have talked about him getting banged up plenty of times throughout the preseason, throughout the regular season. And this is, again, tying into my concerns with his not only two-game playoff week, but just the amount of stuff that's happening to him. With him out, we can really look to stream in Jaden Hardy. Tomorrow, obviously, that does boost Derek Jones, Kyrie Irving, those guys. But Hardy is the big beneficiary, going from a zero sort of option to a maybe 30-minute, big-performing guy who might actually shoot 4 of 20. That's also a possibility and, and things that uh, Jaden Hardy does do at times. Let's go into the games now. We will start with the first game. What a lovely place to start. It was a blowout. The Kings beat the Hornets 123-98. Another good game from Keegan Murray. He's on a really nice hot streak at the moment. 25-6 and six with three threes. He's shooting the cover off at 61%. From the field, we all know how this goes with Keegan. Not saying he's bad at all because he's fine, he's solid. But when these guys go on hot streaks, and there are certain players that I tend to see that get this extra love. They get extra love from media, general populace. Keegan is one of them. The other one plays for Oklahoma City. We'll talk about him later. Again, player that I really, really like. But the way that they get to their numbers often gets ignored. And that's maybe... That gives you always that window to sell high and convert it into something very, very good that's more consistent. Good game, though, from Keegan. Leaky Monk played 30 minutes. He had 20 and 4, 4 assists, 2 blocks, continues to be an absolute must roster. Kevin Herter went back and started, lasted 40 seconds, left the game. I would expect he misses time. I would expect Chris Duarte starts, and I would expect that Chris Duarte has zero fantasy relevance because he's terrible, and I don't think he makes it past his rookie contract. He had zero points in 14 minutes. What this does mean is more value there for Leaky Monk. Alex Len played nine, not 19, 16 minutes for eight points and 10 rebounds. It's been him and JaVale sort of going back and forward. Whatever. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He had six points in 22 minutes with two threes. And you know where I'm going with this. Why is he still rostered in 22% of 12-team leagues? What are you guys doing? Somebody needs to wake your ass up and move on from Harrison Barnes. For the Hornets, Rogier was a little bit uh, off on the efficiency. The assist down, sell high slump. 22-4-2. Good numbers nonetheless. Lamelo might be back this weekend. I, I don't know because this team shit house, but he might be. Miles Bridges had 24-7-6, continues to play at an elevated level at the moment. That's that's really good for his uh, people who have him. While Big Dick Nick had 8-9 and nine with a block in 26 minutes. Nick Richards is not exciting. He's not going to blow us away, but he's still worth rostering until Mark comes back. And then Brandon Miller, meh it again. 15 points, four threes, one rebound. I, I don't think that he's a 12-team league player, Brandon Miller. In fact, if you wanted to jack, 
you could. Get that garbage out of here. Couple of names that I've been just mentioning to watch and keep an eye on and think there might be value there over the you know, the coming weeks and days. One of them was Nick Smith. He started the second half. You know, I won't say that Nick Smith having 11 points on 27% shooting is good because it's objectively not. But he played 25 minutes. He took over from Bryce McGowan's who played 10 minutes. And Nick Smith is very clearly a better option than Bryce McGowan's. And while Ball, Williams, Haywood, Washington, these guys are all out. Cody Martin. Nick is at least like a deeper league stream and someone to watch. He has played himself into a role where I think he stays in the regular season rotation and will have a larger role and will have an impact in some fantasy leagues at some point this season. But he stepped up and played pretty well here in this game. I thought, look, the shooting not, not good. What's more important to me is just getting that role and getting that level of trust. And I think it's getting there with Steve Clifford. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Instead of worrying about salary caps and large tournaments and pros with all of their time and energies devoted to taking your money money away, this is just player projections. You just go in and see the number, the stat, the points, the rebounds, whatever it is, assists, steals, blocks, Football, yards and receptions and touchdowns, and you just say more or less. Very simple. More, less, more, less. Really easy. You choose whichever one of those you want, and you put between two to six of those into an entry, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. 10 bucks in, 250 out. Five bucks in, 125 out. So easy to do over on PricePix. It's easy, it's fast, it's fun, and you're going to love it. So head across to PricePix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is PricePix.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix is daily fantasy made, or daily fantasy sports made easy. Your daily fantasy might be something completely different to talking about uh, points and rebounds and assists. Who am I to judge? Let's go to the next game, the Washington Wizards and the Indiana Pacers. Um, the Pacers get it done. You expect that, even though they're without their best player, Tyrese Halliburton, but they get the victory here. Final score, 112, Indiana 104, Washington. Dan Gafford played 37 minutes. I did not think I'd see the day. Now, heading into the season, I was like, Gafford should play big minutes. They have no other center. But then we were getting dicked around. He was playing 24 minutes. I like, go, what are these guys doing? Gafford has been really strong. 12 and 8, two steals, six blocks. Do I think that he's a long-term guy? Nope, I do not. Long-term as in past this season. This season, yeah, sure, he's, he's good, right? Uh, but as a long-term starting center, no, I don't. But these are really good numbers. And can this dickhead just go away? Jordan Poole. Just when I'm like, all right, I get it. We're 11 weeks in. I screwed it up. Bad projections. If you're in a shallow league, move on. But you know, in a 12, you might want to hold because who on your waiver wire has got... Better upside and out there. But I was, I was just over this shit. So then he has 28 points, four rebounds, seven assists, three steals, shoots 54 from the field and goes to the line six times, albeit only hitting four of them. I go, oh, you dickhead. Like these are the numbers that we wanted to get all the time and we thought were more possible. So now my drag back in, of course I am because this just ties exactly into the argument that I said that if you do drop him, who are you getting off the wire that's got anywhere near the upside if... Shit falls together. Now, he's going to have four points on six shots in 24 minutes in the next game. You can almost write that down. But bloody hell, we're back on this again. 
Kuzma had 11 and 10 on 27%, just a rough night there. While just when I thought we were getting comfortable with Denny Avdia playing 30 minutes a night, he plays 25. Of course he does. He did have foul trouble, so that's probably part of it. And that allowed Corey Kispert to get extra minutes. Avdia had 15 and 5, so we hold there, while Kispert played 30 minutes for 15 points. I'm not adding Corey outside of streaming for threes. Bilal had 5 and 6 in 22, just not a 12-team league player at this point in his career. And the big question is, what the hell was going to happen with the Pacers? If you were thinking that Ty- Tyrese, this is not his name, maybe it is, Tyrese John McConnell. If you thought Tyrese John McConnell was going to start, you were always going to be wrong. And I've seen a lot of people, like, man, what do we do with TJ? Do we just move on, man? Look, the minutes are so concerning. He, he played 22 minutes, TJ McConnell. But he had 14-2-8 with two steals and shot 70%. And if he didn't shoot 70%, it wouldn't have been as good of a game. Absolutely. It would have been you know, 50% shooting, 10-2-8, two steals. Cool. We projected him at around 25 minutes. 22 here, not hard to get to 25, not hard to get to 24. If you added him, it's 100% the right move and it 100% paid off. Don't be too stressed about it. Don't look at that. It's annoying those minutes for sure. Don't worry about it. The production's fine. Bruce Brown really stepped up and I like that Brown was able to bring the assists. We haven't really seen any of that for him because he hasn't needed to, but he brought him. 16, 9, and 6 with a triple one. Some good value there. He's been poor most of the season, but this is a nice little run. Well, Nempard started, got the 26 minutes, and had two points. Yuck. 13% yuck. Five assists and two steals is solid. If you did add him, I, I probably would consider holding, but I, he's also one of those guys that I think he's highly overrated just as a real-life player. I think he's totally solid as a backup long-term point guard. He's going to continue to start, but this happened also last season. He would start over McConnell, and he would struggle in that role, and they just Give McConnell one, two more minutes every game while Haley Burton was out. And eventually, it was just TJ getting most of the minutes. And I think it might happen again. Five assists and two steals still gets it done for Nempard. Matherin went back to being Matherin. 16 points on 30, 31% with zero threes, zero assists, and one steal. This is why, to the gentleman who continued to comment every time that Neesmith's way better than him, this is why Matherin is not a good category league player. Because he can score sometimes, but it's often very empty. Now, on a positive note, 8 of 8 from the line strong. And if I did add him, I would hold. But he does have a pretty poor all-round game. Neesmith wasn't very good here. 10 points on 33%. Another one of those things with him is I'm never confident of the minutes. And was the shooting going to hold? I didn't know. But, you know, whatever. I'm holding him. Miles Turner had 18 and 13, while Isaiah Jackson had three blocks. With the absence of Jalen Smith, there was always more minutes for Jackson. He delivered. Good block streamer. And then Obi Toppin started. He had 15 and 7. I don't mind a short-term stream if Sticks remains out, but I really don't think that's going to be... I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing for Sticksy with his back, but if it is, I would consider Jackson and Toppin as ads. Someone asked me I should start singing the sound for Jalen Smith. I don't have as deep a voice as Stephen Kernahan. Stand by your man. Cut that out and listen to it again because I don't think I can do that with my voice. How does Sticks get that low, man? I'm sure that's what people have said so many times. All right, let's get to the next one. It is a Boston Celtics-Minnesota Timberwolves overtime, one of many overtime games today. The Celtics went at 127-120. There was no Gobert and no Conley, both sort of resting, so I think they're going to be fine. They started Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a point guard. He just chipped in a casual 40 minutes, 15-4-3, and three, a steal and a block. That's good. We can't rely upon that from him, and he'll just go back to the bench next game. And then what we did see is some really interesting information. Kyle Anderson started, Towns moved to center. Anderson played 39 minutes, 17-8-5, steal, block, we stream him when Towns is out. We stream him when Gobert is out. I wouldn't add him after this because I don't think Gobert is going to be out, but it was interesting. While the Wizard of Noz had 19 and 10, Nas already had three threes, three assists, and three blocks. 
obviously good value in that scenario. And Townsie had 25, 13, and 6 with two steals. All those guys played really well. Goose, not at his best, but 29, 6, and 3. No defense, bad field goals. Better than the last game, but good to see him do that. Well, Jaden McDaniels, we're off. We're, we're just off. Get that garbage out of here. 5, 1, and 1. Fouled out in 24 minutes. No defensive stats. Just a terrible... For, for his level of talent, he's a terrible fantasy player. Onto the Celtics, they did sit Porzingis here. So Al Horford played 38 minutes. Have a good sleep tomorrow, Al. You're not playing. 9, 8, and 5. Tatum had 45, 4, and 2 with elite free throws. Jalen Brown, also elite free throws, amazingly. 35 and 11 with two steals on 13 of 13 from the line. Big games from those guys. And I can't believe, and I'm disappointed in myself, that I did speak it into existence about Derek White. I said, he's man, been overperforming all of his percentage numbers. These are all career high. It's going to drop off at some point. And now he's like, like struggling. He's out to the top 50, 60 over the last two weeks. 9, 6, and 6 on 27% with no defensive stats. White is better than this, but he's also worse than that top 20, top 15 run that he had. It just took eight weeks for us to get to that, but there was just so many indicators that were like, I don't know how this sticks. I don't know. I don't know how it does it, but it's fallen off. Drew Holiday, 12, 5, and 4, two steals in 40 minutes. He's a pretty good return. Not perfect, but pretty good. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. According to the FDA, there are a lot of prescription medications that are caught up in supply chain issues, including something as common, you think, as amoxicillin. These supply chain issues affect people worldwide or right across America as well, and it can become, honestly, a really life or death situation in some scenarios. Amoxicillin is a key antibiotic for a lot of upper respiratory tract bacterial infections, and if you can't access it, especially for like your kids and your family, it can be a real problem and can lead to you know, excess um, uh, side effects with the, from the disease or impact from the disease, uh, hospitalizations, that sort of stuff. So what Jace case does, it provides you five essential antibiotics to have at home when you need to without having to worry about, can I get this? Am I going to get to the doctor, get an appointment, see someone and get this treatment happening straight away? Respiratory tract, urinary tract, sexual transmitted diseases, skin infections, all these things can be easily treated with antibiotics most of the time. And having access to them at home can be a really interesting thing. Visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. So what do we do the next game? It is the battle of, I won't even call it the toilet bowl. That term has been used too much. It's like you're at the sewage treatment plant. That's how bad this was. And I have never seen a situation where I have just really like, I know they broke the record for most consecutive victories in an NBA, or victories, reverse victories, losses, uh, as some might call them. I know they broke that record and we knew they were shithouse, but this Pistons team is shithouse. This is just disgusting shit. And we're going to talk about it in a second because the Spurs, they cakewalked, mate. 130 to 108 on the road. The Spurs just, they just bounced them. It's so easy. How about, though, how about my man, Dom Barlow? What a game. Off the bench, behind Weminyama, he had 11, 8, and 4 with two blocks on 63%. Domi Barlow, there is a back-to-back coming up, by the way, and Barlow is going to start, and he is going to be 12-team worthy, and that means Mamu jumps into the stream zone. But at the moment, Domi's like a 14-team guy. He is. I'm saying Dommy, and it just sounds so funny to me. <laughs> and some of you will know why. It just sounds funny. Anyway, Don Barlow, big Dommy. Um, you got to have a look at him in those deeper formats, and he will be a really good option when Victor sits. 
For those of you who doubt that Victor Wembanyama is going to break fantasy, your eyes okay? They work? Any ideas? He played 21 minutes. He had 16, 12, and 10. Didn't even shoot well. 38%. Didn't block a shot. Still ridiculous. Top 10 over the last two weeks. Up to top 15 for the season in like 25 minutes. This shit's ridiculous. This shit is insane. It is going to be over. Over. Vassell struggled a little with some of the volume, but otherwise fine. 16-3 and 5, while Calden had 17 points and a triple one, which is a rarity for him, but he had one rebound. Sohan was still pretty good, 15-4 and 2. He's like knocking on the door, sniffing the edges of a 12-teamer. And Trey Jones remains a must-roster player, 11-2 and 5. But they had this game so comfortably in hand, they don't need to talk too much about him. I do need to talk about their absolutely piss-poor opponents, the Detroit Pistons. This team is, what, 3-32 and 32 now? 3-31? and 31. They've made no changes to their roster. They've made no changes to their disgusting front office, which is the worst front office I've ever seen in all of sport. Um, and it's been that way for years. This is not a new thing. It has been this bad for years. The coaching is disgusting, and they need to make a change. And there are just so many things that deserve questioning on this squad. And obviously, they're without Cade Cunningham. They're really only hope. And they're still like they were. They're always going to get absolutely stomped here. Let me give you a positive. Jalen Duran had 21 and 12. Duran hasn't. Like, he's been good this year, don't get me wrong. But defensively, he's got a long way to go. Like, he's not there yet at all. And he's sort of getting by by playing on a bad team. I'm not super worried about... I think long-term, he can be that. But if you had the option, right, to draft a generational big man in this draft, not that there is any, but I wouldn't be sacrificing that guy to... to um, just because I've got Duran. Now, I obviously would play Duran over Jim Wiseman and Marvin Bagley because he's clearly better than them. But Duran's, like, fine. He's maybe Clint Capella with a little bit more passing. Bit a bit annoyed by his defensive stuff. I think Jaden Ivey is the correct answer with Kate out. 19-3 and 5. A Richie Benno. That's two steals, two threes, two blocks. The shooting is going to be a concern, but in head-to-head, we're just accumulating other stuff. Really like it. And Bogdanovich had 19-2 and 2. That's a very big Boyan line. That's a standard Boyan line. That's a Boyan, in fact. Killian Hayes. Yeah, if you want assists, cool. Good for you. He had 12 of them. But four points, 25%. 32 minutes. I was a big Hayes believer in the draft. I sort of stuck with him a little bit for the first couple of years. He's, I don't, he's just not it, man. He just needs to go. There's no reason. Every, every time you see this and you think of him playing over Jaden Ivey to begin the season, it's embarrassing. Like, it's just ridiculous. Monty Williams, you don't know what you're doing with this team, unfortunately. And then playing Asar Thompson 15 minutes. If you're going to lose and get embarrassed by this, the, I think the Spurs actually had the worst net rating. Maybe it was the Wizards. If you're going to get embarrassed by the second worst team in the NBA, maybe play your top five overall pick and see what he can do. if you can do something different. The Spurs have been mucking around all year. They're playing Jeremy Sohan, a point guard. You can't even give Asar Thompson proper minutes on a team that's going nowhere. So you can get Kevin Knox, 24 of them. What are you doing? Isaiah Livers, six points in 17 minutes. Unfortunately, also not an NBA player. How many guys on this team aren't NBA players? Joe Harris, Joe White, James Wiseman, um, Kevin Knox, Isaiah Livers, Killian Hayes. Marvin Bagley's getting DMP'd. And honestly, Marvin Bagley is maybe their fourth best player. I, l- legit, seriously. And quick shout out to... I'll, I'll put it on full screen here, actually. Because I do need to give this guy a shout out. Brendan was like... He lives in Australia. He's like, hey, man, I love what you've done for all this time. I want to send you something. Like, who's a player that you laugh at? And he actually sent me my Isaac Bonga uh, signed rookie card here. And he's like, I've got something else for you. Because who's someone that you want to be funny? So he sent me a Marvin Bagley um, PSA graded 10... Rookie card. Panini rated rookie Marvin Bagley. I don't know if you can see that. But there you go. Thanks to Brendan for sending me my Marvin Bagley. Got it today. Love it. Absolutely fantastic. Prize possession. And obviously he sent that to me because I 
taking the piss and I don't like Marvin Bagley as a player. But he's so much better than these other jokers on this team. These teams are disgusting and they need to do something and Troy Weaver just shouldn't be in charge of an NBA team. I, I don't know how much more blindingly obvious it is. It, it just couldn't be more obvious. And it, it, dis, it disgusts me to talk about this team. Putrid. A team that's not putrid and they're not the black eye of the NBA. Who would have known that? Me. 128 to the Thunder. They beat the Miami Heat 120. Let's talk about the Bronco Jalen Williams. 19, 9, and 12. That is a fantastic performance. Really, really good. He's been great. I featured him on the sell high and people do get up in arms about it. Just because I don't think that he is a future, high-level, multi-time, all-star, all-NBA player, that is okay. That is okay. He can be a good player who might get an all-star game, in my opinion. He might be a good player. All that stuff is totally reasonable. But as soon as he puts together a good string of games, people get unbelievably excited about him. This is great. But again, he did it by shooting 64% on twos. These numbers are going to decrease. What I'm really interested in him is the way that his assists have spiked up recently. That is interesting because they were really low to start the season. His defensive stuff still hasn't come along as good as it was last season. He's been really good. But I also think that there is a level of hype around him with some people who just like, they might ignore the first seven weeks of the season like they didn't happen. Maybe it was longer because he just struggled for, or maybe it was eight or nine. Like he was outside the top 100 for a period of time, a large period of time. He's putting it together now. But there will be people who are out here tell you he's going to have a top 30 finish to the season. And maybe he does. I just don't think that's possible. So this is where you try and turn public sentiment. And again, I hate being against a guy that I like because I like him a lot. I just don't see future absolute dominating star out of this guy. Happy to be proven wrong. Very happy to be proven wrong. Just don't think I am. Of course I don't think I am. Because if I thought I was wrong, I wouldn't think that to begin with. Chet Holmgren, 23-9 with three blocks. Awesome. Shea, 28-2-8. Still in a block. He's into second favorite for the MVP now behind Jokic ahead of Embiid. Interesting. Giddy had nine and seven in 20 minutes. He'd been trending in the right direction. Backward step here. It's, it's okay. I think a hold is a back-end guy. And of course, my man, Lou Dort, streaming legend. 14 points is okay. Two of five from the lines. Not, no other peripherals. And of course, he got benched. Didn't start the second half. Still ended with 26 minutes. They started Cason Wallace, who had eight points in 18 minutes. Dort still remains a stream just because of the schedule, but that is it. He's obviously not must roster. The Heat team continues to be confusing. What do we do here? Jimmy Butler out, Kyle Lowry out, Caleb Martin out. And they didn't start Josh Richards, and they started Tyler Hero, finally, at point guard. And they started Haywood Highsmith, together with Little Chungus Nikola Jovic. Cool. Highsmith had 19-5-2 with five threes. Also, what? Jovic had 15-5-4 with three threes. I've been notoriously down on Jovic as a player. But that was based on what I saw from him in Europe, and what I saw from him in his first season in a bit. His last four games, he's actually been much better. He's been quite good. I still don't think that with Butler, Lowry, Martin all out, he's going to have any sort of value long-term. Even over the last two weeks, 20 minutes a game, he's not a top 190 player. But he is putting together some very, very, very impressive performances. And I'm, I'm happy with that. Jaime Harkes played 34 minutes. He had 21-5-2. and two. Does really low usage. Nine shots. Uh, no defensive stats. That's solid enough. I still maintain that if I could get a top 100 player in a trade, I would do it immediately. I do have him in one of my leagues. I know you'll think that's a shock. I do actually have him. 
Um, but I would get more out of him than I could if I could get a trade for a top 100 guy, I think. And it was just a stinker from Dunkey Robinson. 30, not 30, I wish he had 30. He had three one and one in 25 minutes while Joshie Richardson had eight points in 21. And I thought we'd get more out of Josh here also. Not a great game from Hero. He had 17, five and six while Bam had a good game. Seven of seven from the line. And he'd been a little bit fluky on his uh, percentages. So he had 25, 11 and six, 60, 56 from the field and seven of seven from the free throw line. So a good game there. But unfortunately for the Heat, they don't win. The next one is the Philadelphia 76 is another one of these overtime games. They lose it to the Hawks. 139-132 was the final score here. Um, no Joel Embiid. So they started Paul Reed. He got a couple of early fouls. And then, look, annoying that they play like Mo Bamba through overtime. Reed, well, look, I know that you'll go, well, what's the point? I can't trust Paul Reed as a stream. Anyone that you add off the wave wire who goes 9-9 nine and nine with two assists, one steal, and two blocks, I hate to break it to you, that's a 12-team player. As long as Embiid is out, he's still the guy I go to. Now, as for Bumba, five and six with one steal and three blocks, still pretty good. But I still go read there. And we don't hold him long-term, obviously, just while Embiid is out. Toby Harris returned for a 32 and 10, and Maxi had 35, 8, and 9, four steals. 41% is a bit annoying, as is his free throws. He's sort of settling into that 30 to 50 range, 35 to 50 range, which I think is probably reasonable here rather than that top 12 run that he had. Um, Melton only 21 minutes and I haven't really heard an explanation for it perhaps there was a minutes limit but we didn't hear anything about that he wasn't in the game to close he had 10 points two threes I would definitely hold well Kelly Oubre played 32 minutes he had 7 points on 27% didn't hit a 3 and I don't think that he's a must roster player am I biased against Kelly Oubre no he's a very beautiful man I just don't think that his game translates all that well to fantasy nor does it is it something that you have to rely upon for big minutes in the actual NBA get that game you can if you want to. Good game for Marcus Morris as well. 17 points in 26 minutes, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Speaking of bringing myself to do it, let's talk Jalen Johnson. 41 minutes, 25, 16, and 7. One steal, two blocks, three threes. What the actual... I am. I almost said a really, really rude word that I've said many times, but I'm told not to say it. But what the fuck happened here? What a game. Who is this guy? I know that I looked at him as soon as John Collins was traded. I went, all right, let's go. Big Jalen Johnson season. I went, oh my God, these idiots have Sadiq Bay. I really did believe in Jalen Johnson, but not enough to take him higher than like round 10. That's about where I was looking, around 10, 11. I'd take a flyer in there. But this shit's ridiculous. I'll lock him in. Top top 50, easy rest of the season. Top 40, maybe. He does everything. He's hitting threes. He blocks shots. He gets assists. He rebounds. He scores. He ramps up usage. This is a legitimate star player here. Apparently, not apparently, Truly, I went to look on the on Sportsbet here in Australia. Sorry to Fangel. I know if I could access you, Fangel, I would to place a bet, but I can't. I went to have a look at the odds for Jalen Johnson for most improved player. He was at 67 to 1. I went, oh, okay, let's do it. Went and put 10 bucks on him. Not much. I'm not a big spender. Put that on him. Um, apparently, an hour ago or an hour before I did that, he was at 128 to 1. And then 10 minutes after I put that bet on, he's into 35 to 1. That's a pretty big change after one game. Not coming in from 120 to 30 dollars within the span of a game. Now the problem here is, is he can only miss four more games for the season to qualify for the stupid 65 minimum games played rule. And I know that the Tyrese Max is going to win it, but what Jalen Johnson has done to me is the literal, actual definition of most improved. Who has improved the most from a guy who was not a rotation player to a legitimate, not not all star, but bloody like if if you had to make a decision, to go, huh? Maybe we should consider Jalen. You wouldn't say you're an you're an idiot because he's playing that well. He looks unbelievable. He's not going to win it. I'm going to lose my 10 bucks. We'll be all right. No Inekura Kongwu, so Kapala had 19-11 with two blocks. He got those two blocks in overtime, but still, he got them. 
I don't know that Capella's injury is long-term. I've got no idea, but I do know he's had Achilles issues for three years. So it could linger, and you just got to have him. You want to talk about getting out ahead of it? I'm getting out ahead of it. This is a very obvious one. To me, he's been a 12-team category league hold all season. Points, not as good. But in a 10-team cat, I'll go back and grab him. Trey Young had 28 with 11 assists. Not a good shooting off from Trey. Uh, and DeJounte had 25, 5 and 5 with 5 threes. Pretty good game from him as well. The depressed penis, 15, 10 in 37 minutes. Rough efficiency. Like he's a, a totally reasonable as your back-end guy. But if I had to make a call to drop him to get a Kongwu or to make try out a Xavier Tillman or to try out someone else, he's unbelievably expendable, I think, as a 12-team league player. Get that garbage out of here! Shout out to Paddy Mills who had a 6 trillion. Sorry, Paddy, I love you. But if I, I'm going to be fair, I have to be fair. Just glad you're still in the NBA and uh, cashing those NBA checks because he literally is one of the best blokes of all time. Um, next game, there's a bit to talk about. The Houston Rockets go and take on the Bulls. They lose in overtime, third overtime game of the day. Van Bleet, 26-10, one steal, three blocks. After a bit of a rocky start to the season, this guy is cooking at the moment. Love what he's doing. Jabari Smith struggled last game and instead he came out and played 47 minutes. Some would say that's a lot. Ima Yudoka... Doesn't think so. 18, 15, four threes. Love that. Love to see it from Jabari. Obviously a must roster player. But there was no Tari Eason. We got that update that he's going to be out a little bit of time. Still missing about a week here from Dylan Brooks. And the first man off the bench in this game was someone that I mentioned on a waiver wire show last week. It's just a name to watch, name to pay attention to. In fact, on I did the little transition stinger, his head was the one that came up. Other names. Cam Whitmore. Watch this guy. 33 minutes, 16 and 5. Two threes, two steals. And I didn't stutter at all. I said he played 33 minutes in an overtime game. Of course, Eason and Brooks are out. But it is very clear to me that Cam Whitmore is a much better prospect than Tari Eason. No offense to Tari. He's a better prospect than Jalen Green. He is... Could you argue he might become a better prospect than Jabari Smith? You could argue it. I've been unbelievably impressed with Cam Whitmore here over this little period of time. The question is going to be... Do you add Cam Whitmore? Let me just chuck a number at you to give you a, an answer to that question or a, a, something to chew on. Over the last two weeks, Cam Whitmore's played 17 minutes a night. In category leagues, he is the, you fill in the gap, what ranked player? I'll tell you, 139th in 17 minutes. Now that might be a let's get ahead of it. The problem there with that is, is that as soon as Eason and Brooks return, the 30-minute upside play for Whitmore disappears. It is very obvious that he should play over Jay Sean Tate. It's pretty obvious he should play over Jeff Green and Dylan, not Dylan Brooks, Reggie Bullock. Easy. But Brooks and Eason returning will be an impediment to it. I do not hate an out of Whitmore at all. I think the other day, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the other day I said maybe have a crack as a streamer for 14s. I'm okay for 12s. He just looks better and better every single game. The problem is going to be where do the minutes come from? And I just think you eliminate Tate you might even keep Eason 21 minutes. You keep Jalen Green at 22, 23. I don't know. There are ways to do it. I just don't think it's going to be as good as this. Shengun struggled from the line in a big way, but 25, 9, and 5 with two steals is pretty good. While Tate only started the first half, he had 18 minutes for three points. They started Jeff Green in the second one. He had nine points in 19 minutes and probably couldn't care much less than that. Just a quick shout out there. If I'm going to criticize Filipino legend Jalen Green, I'll give him props because he has upped his assist rate recently. 18, 6, and 8 is a really good game. If he does that, that is a 12-team category league guy. He just hasn't been anywhere near that really at any point. And over the last two weeks, he's 130th in 31 minutes, which is fine. I think he's still a must for points. He's on the border for categories. But if this newfound distribution level from Jalen Green sticks, then we're onto something. 
For the Bulls, Zach Levine was starting. 41 minutes, 25, 13, 7, three steals, one block, any buy low there, which I, I did talk about on the buy low show yesterday. So you don't have much time for this, but maybe get in. Well, it's done. It's cooked. And what I love to see is there were some panics out there, some panics about, oh, man, Kobe, Zach's going to kill Kobe. No, no, he's not. 30 points, four assists, four rebounds, eight assists, six threes. The decline in Kobe White is just shooting. Kobe White, this is going to sound stupid again. No, it's not actually. It's not stupid. It's 100% factual. Kobe White is the future of this team. DeRozan's not. Vooch is not. Levine's not. Kobe White is the current future. And that's a pretty bleak future. But he is the future. He's going to play a lot. Could be one of my better late-round flyer picks for the year. DeRozan, it's really weird field goal games from this guy. 19-4-4, four, 26%. He has improved some, from some rough stuff earlier on, but now 52nd over the last two weeks. At least he hit his free throws. Caruso started, played 32 minutes, 12-6-3, steal block, 12-term league guy, easy, while Pat Williams came off the bench, played 29 minutes, had five points. He had three steals, Patty, but you can jack him. You can actually, um, you can piston bash him, in fact. Get that garbage out of here! You can also piston bash Andre Drummond. Get that garbage out of here! 13 minutes, four points. I thought maybe they'd split a little bit more time, but nah, Vooch got 41 minutes, had 18 and 15. Cool, that's one of the more stereotypical Vooch lines. 18, 15, no threes, one block. No free throw attempts. How this man, as a center, cannot get a single uh, free throw attempt, uh, he learns from the best, DeAndre Ayton. I'm, yeah, this game. Um, let's just chuck it out there now before we get into it. Pelicans, Warriors, the entire Warriors team. What is happening? The Pelicans, 141. The Warriors, 105. Bob Myers goes, and what a smart move by that man. Gets all the credit for everything that team did. Didn't draft Steph. Did he even draft Clay? I don't think so. Didn't make a trade for... Didn't trade for Bogut. Did he even draft Raymond? I don't think so. Got KD. That was all very good. And then it's like, yeah, this is going to get ugly. I'll see you guys later. And then peaced out. And Mike Dunleavy's here going, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, what are you supposed to do, Mike? They got cooked by the Pelicans. Who, by the way, the Pelicans are absolutely rolling. 141-105. Let's talk Pelicans. They only got 21 minutes out of Valanciunas because they won this game so easy. 21-9, two steals and a block. Larry Nance, six and five, two steals in a block. That's actually still worthwhile in, in 14s and maybe 12s. The biggest bird played 30 minutes. Zion Williamson, 19, five and seven. And what is interesting there is Zion played 30, Valanciunas 21. Even though it's a blowout, that is a big discrepancy. You can't complain about Valanciunas' lines. Bloody brilliant. But that minutes is a little worry. Herbalife Jones just decided, I'm doing everything today. 12 points, four threes, five rebounds, four assists, one steal, two blocks. Love that game. Still don't trust it as a long-term thing. I can't argue with that. That's great. Even uh, Kenneth Murphy had a big game. Four, 16, 4, and 6 with four threes. I would still be rostering Ken Murphy. Not in points, though, but I would in categories. Ingram was the one who stunk 13 and 5, 23 minutes, bad percentages, one assist. Remember that run where he was like prime Robert Covington? Well, yeah, that's over. But they cooked. Easy. Just one of the most easy performances you'll see. So let's bring on to this other bullshit team where they are very much in the discussion of I don't know what is going to happen here at all. Trace Jackson Davis got benched. I don't care. I think he's a 12-team league player regardless. 19-5, 22 minutes, steal block, 82%. That's good. Don't drop him. Clay Thompson, 13-4. Only took 10 shots though. 24 minutes. Is he good? I don't think so anymore. Anyone check out, by the way, the Ringers uh, NBA rankings? The That list was pretty wild to me. It is really hard to do a ranking list. In the end, it's pretty pointless and you're always going to get picked on. And I do ranking stuff and projections. And I, and I cop shit all the time and it is hard to do. 
But I just don't know how you've watched the NBA this season and you put Steph at number five to begin with and Clay at number 70. I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. I just don't see how there's any rationale behind any of that. There's no way in the world that Clay Thompson's been a top 70. I think maybe he was 75, top 75 player this season. I don't care about his past performances. He has not been that player. He is clearly cooked and you still can roster him in most spots, but yeah, it's not looking great. And Steph, the struggle is real bad at the moment. 15-1-6, he looks defeated, 3-3s. Three he will be better than this, but first round, I think, is done for him. I think it's over. Yeah. I, I don't like to write off a guy who's legitimately one of the best 10 players of all time, but he, it's that level is done. Kaminga, I wouldn't have said this was a good game from him. 12-3-4 in 28 minutes. He is still a guy I like in a points league. I don't love it as much in a category league, and I still I don't see the star upside that others do with him. I, I don't see it. While Pajemski, two points, 25 minutes, 17%, nine rebounds. I'm I'm actually okay with moving on from him. Get that garbage out of here! I think you should. they should just be rolling 32 on him. Now, I get it. You might want to hold just to see what developments happen. Do they make trades or whatever? But this back and forward, bench start, bench start. His shooting's been really rough at the moment. I, I'm okay with moving on. But my man, Moses Moody, that's back-to-back 21-point games. That was zero minutes in this guy. He is one of those players, though, that does just need shots. He doesn't do anything else. In fact, if I... What's the name of that song? Shot, shot. Anyway, that stupid bullshit song. But who wants a, a tangent here? Settling for story time. I don't get shots. What's the point of shots? I drink heavy. Like, I'm, I'm a diagnosed alcoholic. I'm not. But I, I drink I drink whiskey straight. I don't drink cocktails. Just whiskey. Give me gin. Give me rum. Give me whatever. I just drink it, right? Straight. All the time. But I sip it. I drink it and I collect it because I like the taste of it. I don't have to say, oh, give me a thing. Let me just throw it down so I have to like screw my face up. I can get drunk quick enough if I want to. Also, don't want to. Too old. Don't like how it feels. But I don't get the point of shots. I'll have those drinks and I'll drink them and I'll actually drink them to enjoy them. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, Moses Moody. 21 points, 25 minutes, four threes. Not much else cracking there though. But that's back-to-back big scoring games. I think people will be interested in adding him after this. And I can't dissuade you. That's good scoring. But it's a little bit empty. It requires a lot of shots. And as much as I like Moses Moody, 24 minutes probably doesn't cut it as a long-term role. But he's looking pretty good. And you know he's on my list. He's top two on my list of guys that I want to get into a different role. I actually put out a video like week two of the season because someone put up a conspiracy theory to me that um, the Warriors are just going to... They're not signing Clay to an extension because they're just going to let him walk because they want Moody to take that spot over from him. And a lot of people went like, mate, you talk about Moody's not that good. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Sharic had four points in 13 minutes. He's rostered in a ton of 12s at the moment, Sharic. I would not be that interested. Four, three, and three. He's fine to stream. But Jackson Davis is the guy. At the moment, I would say the only must rosters on this team are Steph, obviously. Let's say Clay, barely, and Jackson Davis. Kaminga, points probably. Pajemski, I'm not really sure. Again, I'm borderline there. Moody, not there with him. Looney, no way. And then Andy Wiggins. Come on, guys. 36% rostered in 12-team league still. What are you doing? Five points, 23 minutes. The man is done. Like, he, I could I, I could very easily see him rejuvenating somewhere else, but the man is mentally cooked, and it's, it is actually a pretty sad sight to see because how do you look at this player versus what we saw last season? It's unbelievable. All right, let's do the last two games of the day. What a blowout win from the Jazz. 124-111 over the NBA champions, the Denver Nuggets. The Jazz are absolutely flying at the moment. Let's talk about them in a sec. Let's start with the Nuggets. Jokic had 27-11-6. Gordon, 12-5-4. and 
The headmaster struggled. Jamal Murray just 17 points on his 15 shots, but he did have six assists and his blocks. His blocks have been up this season. He had two of them here. Um, yeah, he's been playing at a pretty high level. Not a great game here. KCP, great steals. Two threes, four steals. Love it. 12 points, 28 minutes. I don't think that he's a must. You absolutely can roster him in category leagues. You don't have to. In points leagues, I don't think you need to bother with that at all. But in category leagues, you can. You just don't have to. Well, Michael Ponder, real uh, downturn at the moment. Five points, 22%, 150th over the last two weeks. I think there's a bit of a buy low there. I would not ever be viewing him as a top 40, 50, 60, 70 player. But there is a bit of a buy low going on here, I think. Peyton Watson didn't do anything. His uh, little run has, is over. So means Reggie Jackson, obviously, who had five points in 20 for the Jazz. I know there's going to be a lot of teeth gnashing about Walker Kessler. 15 minutes for Kessler. Eight points, two steals, and a block. But they won. <laughs> Again, they're, they're flying. And while it's frustrating, some of the, I guess, concerns with Kessler as a rookie, I, I, I don't remember how I viewed this necessarily. I, I could have viewed it either way but I remember hearing this, is that Kessler was great as a rookie, but where's the evolution? What's the next step? What's the improvement? Is this who he is? Where do we go? And obviously he dealt with that injury early in the season, but he's very limited in terms of um, some mobility and uh, offensive stuff as well. And it just hasn't worked for them this season. I'm not telling you that John Collins has been great because he hasn't. He was all right here, 15 and six with two threes. He's a fringe 12-team guy, not a must roster at all. Don't have to have him. But it's obviously impacting Kessler. Now, Kessler's still doing enough fantasy-wise. You don't need to drop him. Um, I was obviously off him at any of those early picks, and I just didn't want him anywhere really in the top 50. I had no interest in getting him there. Uh, but this is way worse than I anticipated because I just didn't think that he'd be playing 18 minutes a night. I thought he played 28. And I was just more like, hey, he's very limited in many categories and the blocks carry. And I don't think that should be drafted that high. But this is not what I expected. Let's talk about the point guard situation. The speaker, Keynote George, 6-1-3 and three in 22 minutes. Bit of a downturn from him. You don't have to... You can roster him. You don't have to. If you do it, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, but that's a luxury stash situation. I, I should have also mentioned that is 9-0 and 0 with uh, Taylor Horton Tucker DNPs as well. Markkinen had 26-12. and 12. Clarko, 27-2-9 off the bench. He's rolling. Sexton's playing limited minutes but killing it. 22 points in 21 minutes. I think you've got to roster both those guys. It still remains hard for me to see how... Sexton in 21 minutes is a 12-team league player, but he, but he is. So let's just keep going. And honestly, if you wanted to stream in Chris Dunn in a 12-team league, you're probably not wrong. Five points in 26 minutes, four rebounds, three assists, four steals, and a block. He was one of those guys at the start of the season that I just didn't know what they were going to do. Did you take a flyer on Horton Tucker? Did you take a flyer on Dunn? Did you try George in the last rounds? We knew that Dunn had a great fantasy skill set. He just never got to play. So he was out of that discussion early on. He's starting again. They're flying. He's not moving from that spot for a very, very, for a decent chunk of time, I would say. So, look, in a 14, definitely go grab Chris Dunn. Alinek had nine points in his 19 minutes. Fontecchio, yeah, we're obviously jacking Fontecchio. Get that garbage out of here! Three points in 21 minutes. Abaji was scoreless in 13 minutes. Will Hardy is a very... I know people will be, man, why is Will Hardy doing this? He's relying on... They're, they're just flying. And he's doing it with like a bunch of players who aren't very good. Who knows what they do and what Danny Ainge does and trades and all that sort of stuff, but they are absolutely flying at the moment. And it's amazing to see, given the collection of talent, it's giving Mark Dagnot from the last couple of seasons from the Thunder of like, just like, you look at the roster, you go, like, how? How are you doing this? And that is a sign of it. And that, that's where we look, look at, look at Spolster and the Heat. You started Hayward Highsmith and Nikola Jovic together. They're still competitive against one of the best teams in the NBA. How? Uh, him? Hardy, Dagnall, they're doing some really impressive things. 
And yeah, while we might not like it from a Kessler perspective, it doesn't really matter. The last game of the day. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Clippers and the Toronto Raptors back-to-back here for Toronto. And like, all right, Chris Boucher, like what the fuck, what's going on? Three points, 11 minutes. Get that garbage out of here. You sit and try and do a job, right? Which is what I do. And you go, all right, well, Chris Boucher, and someone actually about four days ago criticized me and said, man, because I said, look, Chris Boucher, putting up a good number, 17 minutes. Um, he's doing that because there's no Christian Coloco to take back up centimeters. So oh, you have to do everything you can to discredit Boucher, even mention Coloco, LOL. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's fair enough. Maybe I was just finding a way to hate on Chris Boucher. And then the purdle injury happens. Then in this one, there was no Siakam either. So you think, well, maybe Boucher, they don't want him to play center. He can play at the four. And his minutes go down, despite the starting power forward and starting center being out, and they play him less. And I just couldn't see that coming. So if you want to get pissy and mad, yeah, good pick, dickhead. You fucked me. You made me add Boucher. Sorry. I, sorry. I tried to make do what made sense to me. I added him. Didn't work out. Bad move. I'm going to drop him. It's going to be all right. Thad Young played 23 minutes. This is more like what I expected from Thad yesterday when they announced him as a starter. Eight, four, and three with two steals, which is all right. The two steals are good. It probably looks more like a 14-team league player. Same with Jonte Porter, who's probably more 14 to 16. He had nine, seven, and four. I think we need to be, hmm, how do I phrase this without uh, Canadians going crazy? I think you need to be a little worried about Scotty Barnes here. Little. This is where the way that I like to analyze things. You see the trade coming along, you go, huh, two usage guys coming in. Um, he's going to have to take on a different defensive role. I think there's going to be a drop-off here from Barnes. And then those guys come in and we get a drop-off from Barnes. And you go, ah, all right, saw that happening. 12, 7, and 6. 50% shooting. What's his usage in this game? I'm going to guess Barnsley's usage was pretty low. 17%. He's down to 38th now over the last two weeks. He's 73rd over the last five games, which coincidentally is about the area that I thought he would be at the beginning of the season. Obviously was wrong. I'm a little worried about this. It could be a little bit of a buy low, but there's a lot of factors involved here that may not change. Emmanuel quickly, 36 minutes, 25, 4, and 6. Going to be good. Dennis Schroeder started for Siakam, 22-1-4. That's pretty good. You can hold him while if Siakam remains out. I don't know if he's going to remain out or not. Let's talk Rowan Barrett. Has Rowan Barrett been great the last three games? Unequivocally, yes, he's been fantastic. He's a very clear must-roster points league player. If you want to add him in a category league, absolutely, totally reasonable as well. Fantastic. Really, really impressive stuff. 24-5-4 is great. Four threes is really awesome from him. It's amazing production. He has looked great. Is he doing it because he plays for Toronto? I don't really think so, considering all these games have been in California. So I don't think that's the thing. What I will tell you is the thing, is that the last three games, he shot 65% yeah, 65 from the field, including 67 from two and 63 from three. He shot 77 from the field, which was 90% um, from two and 30% from 33 from three. And in this game, 63 from the field, which included 67 from three and 60% from two. So this is the biggest giant red flag, absolute unsustainable situation that you will ever see. 
you can be celebrating that he looks better and it's tied in with a move to Toronto. That is all great, and I am happy for you to do that. It's fantastic. And if you have, RJ, you are loving this. 37, 6, and 6, 23, 10, and 5 with two steals, 24, 5, and 4. And as an extra bonus, you get to say, screw you, Josh, you're a wanker. Say it. That's cool. That's great. But I am also telling you, I don't care who you are. Michael Jordan doesn't do this. Nobody does this. This will not hold. We already saw this from Rowan to begin the season where he was shooting, actually even, not even as good as this. And then it cratered. It cratered hard because nobody is this good. This is not a slide on RJ Barrett. Nobody is this good. So pick him up by all means. Go for it. Right? If he's on your waiver wire and you want to ride with it, do it. Absolutely. It might last a few more games. That is totally reasonable, totally possible. Is it possible that his overall shooting numbers improve in Toronto? Totally reasonable to expect that as well. He, he could do that. He could be a better shooting player in a new team, different spacing, different environment, all of that stuff. But it's not this. It's 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 just not this. Like he had 29 usage one game, 21 the game after. What was his usage in this game? Um, 24. Like just reasonable numbers, totally okay. About the same as he was in New York. He's just hitting everything. So if someone in, if you've got Barrett and someone in your league's a Raptors fan, a Canadian fan, a Duke fan, a Barrett fan. Well, you definitely try and get a top 80 player here. And if you can't do it, you enjoy what's going on. If RJ Barrett continues to shoot this level, I will admit that I was wrong on him as a player without any question whatsoever. But a three-game sample size hitting 66% from the field, it's not going to happen. It's not going to stick. It's not real. In the slightest, it will die. I, I assure you of this. And I know I will take heat for saying that. But I know it's true. I know it's true. That will not hold. Great game. Fantastic run. Won't hold. Um, the Clippers, Kawhi, 29, 3, and 7. Steal two blocks. Great. Paul George, 29, 7, and 6. Pretty strong. Zubats, 12, and 11. 31 minutes. Love it. Harden, 14, 5, and 11. Not a great shooting night from Jim, but he's just, you know, just solid. And I don't really know what there is to talk about with this team. Norman Powell had 13 points in 27 minutes. He's a streamer for points and threes. They're just going about their business, beating teams when they need to beat them, doing what they need to do. Without any hassle. Oh, yeah. Jack Armstrong watch. Russell Westbrook. Get that garbage out of here. 6-0 and 3 and 14 minutes. Still rostered in 86% of 12-team leagues, apparently. Some might suggest that's 85% too high. You might. I might. I don't know. See how you feel. That will be the end of the 10 games from um, Wednesday in the NBA. So let's do a stream of the day recap. My 10-team stream of the day was Timothy John McConnell. 14, 2 and 8, 2 steals and 0 blocks. I think that's a W. The 12-team stream of the day, probably not. Andrew Nempard, 2, 2 and 5 with 2 steals. Nempard is okay to hold, but in reality, he's not a particularly high upside player. The 14-team stream of the day was Killian Hayes. And in a 14-team, if you get someone who gets 12 assists, I think you're all right with that. 4, 4 and 12 with 0 and 0. Probably not a must in 12s. I'd much rather Jaden Ivey. But in 14s, I think that's okay to keep doing. Your 16-team stream, Chris Dunn. And he had five points, but four rebounds, three assists, four steals, and a block. That's bloody great. He's moving into 14-team territory. He's in 14-team territory. The Yahoo points stream of the day, McConnell, 34.4, W. And the ESPN stream of the day, McConnell, 44 points. Also, also a W. Let's, um, let's look at the monstrous line of the night now. Who was the best performer? And this was, I think, the tightest monstrous line of the night that we've ever had. Um, these guys basically finished with the same overall value score, but I am going to give it to the guy who ended up with a higher fantasy points score in the end. 
And that is the man that was on the thumbnail. It is one of the Jalens. It's Jalen Johnson. 25 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, defensive stats. He was awesome. The one that was next to him was Jalen Brown, who's basically right there. The waiver wire line of... Oh, that's the wrong button. Anyway, it's not waiver wire trends. It's the waiver wire line of the night. The waiver wire line of the night does go to a man down in Miami, Nikola Jovic. Little Chungus had 15-5-4, and four, available in a lot of spots. Really good. Don't really know how it's all going to play out long-term. If you want to add him in a 14-team or a get it, I probably wouldn't do it in 12s. But you know what you say. If you believe in it, get ahead of it. Easy in that respect. The young gun of the night, the best performer in a first or second year player. It's not Jovic because there was a guy who was better than him as a second year guy and it is the Bronco. Jalen Williams, who had 12 assists, almost a triple-double. Unfortunately, not a good enough game. 19, 9, and 12 for the Bronco there. And lastly, the dud of the night. This one, we go to Indiana and we unfortunately have to go to a man that has captured this quite a few times this season, Budrick Heald, who had zero points, three rebounds, and four assists. And it is very, very hard for me to suggest that he is a must-roster player. Your top six players for the day. Well, you know that number one is Jalen Johnson, followed by Jalen Brown. Easy one, two. Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns, and Bam Bam Adebayo. Your next six players under 50% rostered, Jovic at number one. Alexander Walker, that's a one-game fill-in thing. Chris Dunn, hmm, nice little 14-team option. Timothy John, yeah, just look at him. What are we doing? Kyle Anderson, that's a nice stream if we have um, Gobert out or Towns out. Otherwise, no. And Haywood Highsmith, I don't really know how to process that because you know, we've got both Jovic and Highsmith there. And if Butler and um, Martin play, then do they even play at all? I don't know. So I'm not really going to get super committed to them. Your top six players in points leagues, we end up with Tyrese Maxey at the top, followed by Jalen Johnson, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Paul George, and Jason Tatum. And lastly, a little bit of a checklist here. Just have a look at a few things we're talking about. Yes, we are still adding TJ McConnell. Go and add him everywhere. I'm putting Cam Whitmore's name on this list because I think if you're in a 14-teamer with Eason and Brooks still out, the way that he's shooting, he's getting steals at a high rate, his rebounds are up. It's really hard to ignore that. If you wanted to stream in a 12, I, I think I'm all right with it. I think probably more 14, but I'm okay. I think Jaden Ivey is a 12-team ad, and I think you can I think you can drop Pajemski. I'm just, I don't know with that rotation. I get holding on for a trade, but yeah, obviously not looking great at the moment with all the back and forth. And then Andre Drummond is there as well. We're obviously jacking off him. Get that garbage out of here. And that is the end of a very eventful day in the NBA. Double bang it. Come over here and listen to the audio, watch the video, thumb it up, subscribe, bells, comments, do all the things that you can. Josh Erowanka, drop it down below. You hate Canada. See how wrong you are. Yeah, just fire the comments up. Tell me how bad I am. I already feel low enough. Let's just dig in, dig in, dig in. I'm only joking, guys. Do whatever you need to do. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.